Hello, everybody, and welcome to Joyfully You Podcast. I'm Kelsey Lowe. I'm so excited to be here with you today. And so um, right now is the season of Thanksgiving, and Thanksgiving is an American holiday. So if you're listening in other countries, I know there's a lot of different countries that listen. I was checking the stats recently and I was like, this is so cool. And that's what I love about podcasts is the ability to connect with anyone all over the world. And so welcome. I'm so glad that you're here. So us folks in the U.S. um, celebrate Thanksgiving and it's a holiday that, you know, there's some darker roots as to how it came about, but the essence of what it is for us in today's time is around gratitude and gathering with family and giving thanks for the things that we have. And gratitude is such a powerful thing to practice. And I think it's really easy for us to be like, yeah, of course I'm grateful, but what does it look like to actually practice gratitude, to actually take a moment to like be in a state of gratitude, or at least putting our attention and our focus towards that? Um, There's actually studies that have shown that gratitude and having a practice of gratitude and expressing gratitude creates a more happier individual. It creates a sense of um, purpose and peace and well-being and and the vulnerability of expressing it uh, really creates like this dopamine and serotonin hit in the mind. And, you know, a lot of times people have started to learn how gratitude is kind of the gateway to feeling this level of abundance. And then when you're feeling... um, and recognizing that there is an abundance and things are okay and you are enough and it is enough and things are working out, you know, that it does lead to, as people say, the manifestations of being able to manifest things that you want in your life by getting into a state of acceptance and allowance and a state of appreciation. But we don't want to get into a state of appreciation just in order to get something else. It really is allowing ourselves to to be in a state of appreciation just for the sake of being in it, because it feels good to be in it, right? And if you've ever gone through times of just like not feeling yourself or feeling depressed or feeling anxious, like it's difficult to go there, like it, because we're so in a state of like fear or worry or just, you know, feeling distraught that it's like, oh, well, I sh-. and this is what you got to be careful of is not to beat yourself with a gratitude stick, especially if you've been in personal development, you've been learning about stuff and spirituality and you know, gratitude's really important. And then like you feel guilty because you don't feel grateful, but you're like, I should be grateful, right? It's almost shaming yourself of like, well, you should be grateful. You shouldn't be upset right now. Look at all this, you know, if you ever find that being an inner dialogue, notice it and let's change it. Let's, let's redirect that conversation that you're having with yourself because that's not going to get you anywhere. And that's really devalidating our own emotions. That's like, you know, when we are not treating ourselves with respect, because you would never say that to someone else. If they're like, I'm really feeling, I'm struggling. I'm having a hard time. You wouldn't respond to them and be like, you have so much to be grateful for. So how dare you have a complaint about something in your life? How dare you be struggling with something? You should be grateful, right? It's like abusive to talk to someone like that because it's dismissing what they're feeling. And so just be aware if you ever do that with yourself. Because a lot of times it's like micro moments of thoughts. And so it's easy to not realize what that internal conversation that you're having with yourself and how you're talking to yourself. This is why I'm such a big fan of journaling. And if you guys have been listening to Joyfully You for a while, you're like, oh my God, you're going to talk about journaling again. And yes, I am, because it is one of the best ways to create uh, a relationship with yourself. And then you can start to identify, 
those moments when you're being really critical or really doubtful. And then you can start to create a gratitude practice because when you sit down and ask yourself, well, what am I grateful for? Then you, things start to come to your mind that feel authentic and true. You know, like being grateful for where you live or being grateful for a specific relationship in your life. Being grateful, there has to be something in your life and, and if you ever struggle, if you're ever like in a state of you're just like, fuck, I don't feel anything right now. I don't know. This feels stupid. Ask yourself, what is something I never want to lose? And whatever comes to mind first, what is something I never want to lose? Then that's the thing that you can focus a state of gratitude on. And, and the reason why is we want to create a focal point in our mind towards a state of appreciation. Because when we're focusing on things that we don't have, focusing on things that aren't working, it's not going to support our well-being. Sometimes we need to focus on it in order to face it, right? We need to look at things that aren't working in order to make adjustments and changes. But it, it, it also is, what is your main focus? Like, What's your mind focused on? Because is it, if you're focused on something that's constantly giving you a sense of stress and anxiety, you know, ask yourself, what is one step I can take? in alleviating this or in fixing this or in solving this. And if it's something that can't be fixed, can't be solved, it is what it is. It's like, how can I start to accept that this is the reality and move forward, you know, depending on what that is in your life. And mindfulness practices like meditation and journaling are extremely helpful, especially guided meditations. It's really important to try guided meditations in the beginning so you can have someone direct your mind and support you in the focus of whatever it might be. Maybe it's focused on an affirmation. Maybe it's focused on the sensory of the body of like scanning the body and having awareness. Sometimes it's focused on the breath. There's so many different types of meditations that are so helpful. And one of the biggest reasons why they're so helpful is because they calm the nervous system. So your mind functions differently when it's under stress versus when it's in a relaxed state. So having someone guide you into a deep breathing, into dropping your shoulders, into relaxing your jaw, it's almost like the tunnel vision type of thing or the dark cloud or the blinders of a lot of different descriptions that people use to describe feeling depressed. Like that starts to clear. You start to feel a sense of like people use the word expansion because it's such a good word because it feels like, Oh, my ability to see things um, differently or have a different perspective is expanding. My perspective is expanding beyond the fear and the insecurity of this exact situation. And we're able to, um, change our focus. And if our focus is, is all of a sudden in a relaxed state, when we think about those different things we need to do, I truly believe that we start to think about them differently because we're not approaching them with this rushed state of fear or panic or, or we aren't ignoring things, right? Because people can either become super controlling when they're stressed or completely check out when they're stressed, right? Um, especially like around grief, you know, oftentimes there's certain people that end up taking control of everything and like over-functioning. Then there's other people that like, they, they're, they under-function and they can't handle even the simplest of tasks because they're distraught. You know, wherever you're at, being okay with where you're at, loving yourself with where you're at, and taking different steps to re either reconnect to your body in order to take action or reconnect to your body in order to feel safe enough to slow down. 
that's one of the biggest things that it's like the nervous system doesn't feel safe enough to slow down. So it tries to control, but the flip of the coin with control or the other side of the spectrum with control is trust. So learn how to trust. And that's kind of like the core, you know, there is for me, I think in order to trust the process, you got to believe there is a process. We've got to believe that there is, in my opinion, you got to believe there's a higher power or some positive benevolent force that wants you to succeed. Because then on the other hand, we also have, you know, um, our point of focus and what we're focusing on does expand. And the idea that we can create our reality based off the perspective that we are experiencing it through and the perspective we're choosing to see it through and the way we're choosing to see our life, the way we're choosing to show up and take responsibility for our life. So it's not that just good things happen to some people and not others. I truly believe it comes down to the level of optimism, the level of self-belief, and the willingness to take action before having all the answers, the willingness to take messy action. And so yeah, it's it's interesting because while yes, our thoughts are controlling our reality in a big way because what we believe is possible for ourselves, you know, not we aren't going to have some incredible thing happen if we don't believe that it's possible. And I think we're told too much through social media or online or stories or movies of this like instantaneous change, you know, or this, the, we hear about the big moment, but we don't hear about all of the other small steps and like smaller sacrifices and the blood, sweat and tears behind the scenes, you know, because I do believe that things get to be, we get to make them easier. We get to make them more enjoyable but there are some things that are just not that enjoyable. It just comes down to the perspective we are going to bring in to completing that and remembering why we're doing it. You know, like cleaning the house, that's not fun for me. I don't like doing that at all. You know, there's been times where I've had a house cleaner. Right now, I don't. But I do it because I know what it's going to create for me later is a sense of peace, a sense of like, you know, calming, tranquility. So the same thing comes down to some of these mindfulness practices eventually you start to love them and you start to, it just becomes a part of your reality and part of your routine and schedule. But by checking in with yourself, checking in with your internal state, like your, it, it supports your emotional intelligence. And when we are more in tune with what is happening with our emotions, it's easier to regulate and process them. And so this is why journaling and meditation is so powerful because you're creating a deeper awareness of what is going on within your emotional, mental state, oftentimes physical state too. Meditation has been proven to help with pain management because it's allowing the mind to relax. And when the nervous system goes into this parasympathetic nervous system where it's very deeply relaxed, the body thrives. The immune system is able to function properly. The body isn't pumping a bunch of cortisol, which is causing so much stress. It makes it more intense to, um, function, you know? And so it's, it supports our health above all else, but it, you know, depending on what you believe on, believe in with spirituality, like for, for me, like a lot of the times, um, I did guided meditation for a long time, but now I kind of will use music and have my own practice. I'll use a mantra to anchor me or I'll focus on my breath. Like I just kind of do different things with it. Um, but prayer and setting those intentions and connecting to a higher spirit, connecting to source, connecting to God, like whatever it is that you believe in, or maybe you're not sure, but play around with that. Like believe that there's a force that loves you, right? But it's almost like it's a mirror reflection of what we believe we're worthy of. And so we, 
we have to believe that we're worthy of experiencing beautiful things. And we will start to see a lot of that reflected back to us because our sense of self-belief will influence the types of actions we take, the way that we connect with people that we meet, the way that we show up to different things in our life and for the people in our life, you know. And so I think it's important to know what we want. And if you have a desire for that thing that you want, then you are worthy of having it. You know, you are worthy of experiencing it, but are you willing to take small steps towards it without it happening or manifesting or transpiring or materializing as quickly as you think it should? Because that's where the trust comes in is releasing the time frame around it, being willing to take steps towards it and, and experience gratitude along the way. So that brings us like full circle back to gratitude. When we start to infuse gratitude for what we already have and the things that are already in our life, because if you live in the United States, even if you don't, we are very influenced by this consumerism culture, a culture of like, if you need to feel better, you need to buy something and don't get me wrong. I've had many moments where I felt so much better after doing a little online shopping and it alleviated something and it created a sense of satisfaction for something. I remember being really depressed during, like at one point during the um, initial lockdown in like April, 2020. And I would get so much satisfaction by shopping online and putting things in the cart and then I'd exit out and then a different ad would come up and I'd go shopping and I'd put it in the cart and I'd exit out and I wasn't buying anything, but I was getting some type of satisfaction just by the looking and the imagining and putting it in my cart, right? And so like that was really showing me how um, much of a consumerism culture I had adapted to and been grown up in that that was creating a sense of satisfaction. And so notice like creating joy, creating a sense of peace, you know, it comes down to making ourselves proud little by little and showing up for ourselves and showing up for the times that we don't really want to, but knowing that we will feel proud of ourselves and accomplished after we do, you know, depending what that looks like for you. So believing that you are capable of feeling better, you are capable of experiencing more joy, more happiness, more connection. And this is the thing though, when we open ourselves up to experiencing more of like, you know, connecting to the appreciation in our life and the gratitude, connecting to all that peace, love, excitement, joy, all the good feelings, we're also opening ourselves up to feeling all of the opposite things, you know, because... Life is filled with a yin and yang of balance. There's going to be love and there's going to be pain and sorrow and there's going to be grief and there's going to be death and there's going to be loss and there's going to be all these things that we don't want to talk about. There's going to be mistakes made. There's going to be people that might hurt us, you know, emotionally and we don't, we don't know what's going to happen. And so that can create a lot of anxiety in the mind, but coming back to gratitude of great, being grateful for what it is that we have right now. And knowing that the more you create these practices of journaling, of meditation, of exercise, of staying in touch with friends, right? Making sure you're staying connected to a community of people, whether that's your family or friends or chosen family, you know, but being plugged in in some way, because oftentimes that does take and require a little bit of effort, you know, but all of these different things creates a foundation that you know what's going on within yourself and you're connecting with yourself and who you are. So when those painful experiences do happen, we, you have some tools to help center you and get you through them and process those emotions rather than being 
rather than those hard emotions being shut down or put aside or numbed or just unprocessed, which then creates other problems. And so just think of it like, you know, even when you feel your best, allow yourself to document how good you feel versus, you know, (laughs) being like, I feel good. I don't need that. Right. I've definitely, um, at experience times like it's like oh it's kind of like that thing of you know you get on a diet or something and then you lose weight and then you go celebrate by eating something bad because you just lost some weight it's kind of like that same kind of thing um if you aren't allowing yourself to do your self-care practices when you feel your best are you really going to do them when you feel your worst you know instead of it being something as a band-aid that you only do when you're feeling your worst start to create a habit and routine even if that's five minutes of journaling and five minutes of like intentional breathing or looking up on youtube or i have so many meditation series i have an alignment meditation series a self-love affirmation series girl just send me a dm on instagram being like hey send me the links for your meditation series they're all actually all in the link to my bio on my instagram too Kelsey Losho, the link in my bio has a bunch of different meditation series and I'm working on some new ones because I believe in this practice so much. And there's a lot of different types, but the process of mindfulness and connecting, um, with our body without controlling it or taking action right away, but allowing ourselves to calm the nervous system and the mind and the body and connect with who you really are is so powerful. And so I encourage you to open a journal and write out a couple things that you're grateful for during this Thanksgiving season, you know, and even better, express to the people in your life that you're grateful for that you're grateful for them. Allow yourself to generously give, you know, because by giving a compliment or telling someone how you really feel about them, it is an act of giving because sometimes it it requires us to put something down in order to say it or like... You know, sometimes the closer we are to them, sometimes it can be harder depending on what the dynamic of the relationship is. So if it requires a little bit of courage, that's okay. That's great, right? Just instead of looking at as like, oh no, that would be awkward or weird, be like, is this just because I need courage? Do I need to be courageous right now? Because I um, I don't know if this is morbid or not, but I do think about the fact that we're all going to die one day. And so I don't really want something to go unsaid because what if it's the last day? You know, and if you think, oh my God, well, if it was the last day, I would tell him this, 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 you know, what are you waiting for? The whole expression of like, live like you were dying, I think is, can be uplifting because it allows us to be courageous in every moment. And, um, that really creates an exciting life because that means we're showing up for the fullest of it. So I encourage you to trust the process, trust that you are loved and infinitely supported. Okay. You are loved and infinitely supported. Trust that you are being guided. Trust that you do have the ability to feel better. You do have the ability to feel your best. You do have the ability to feel more joy. And it does require some action, you know, but you also are capable and you're strong and you're powerful and you can, okay? So sending you so much love. Happy holidays. Um, I'm Kelsey Lowe. You are listening to Joyful You Podcast, and I will see you on the next episode.